This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York. Standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall and wearing the red, white, and blue trunks, presenting Kyle Brandt. Thank you, Bruce Buffer. As always, the voice of 10 questions and you, the audience of 10 questions, thank you for joining us. Come on in, relax, kick back, enjoy this, because it's going to be a wild one. As usual, we don't have a guest. We continue our streak of never having a guest. We have a contestant, and we have 10 questions for that contestant all somehow related to their life. If they get the question right, they get a point. If they don't get it right, they get squat, and they get a final score. Today's contestant, unbelievably competitive, which is going to play right into this. Before he or she is allowed into the arena, let's give them some context. Some of the contestants they'll be competing against, prior contestants right here. Have a listen. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I got six out of ten. I'm Viggo Mortensen, and I got eight out of ten. Hey, I'm Aaron Andrews. I got a five out of 10. I'm Rob Gronkowski. And I'm Camille Kostic. And, and we, we got, got a six, six out of 10. <laughs> six out of 10s, eights out of 10s. We've had a nine, we've had a three, and now we have a new gladiator in the arena. Give me my entrance music, please. This gentleman grew up a Chicago Bears fan. He really enjoys his Rihanna. And if you think he enjoys Rihanna, you should see him get after some Panda Express. He will clean up the Panda Express. And he once said, when you pancake a guy, you can feel their breath exhale. To me, that's their soul leaving their body. That is one hell of a quote. It is one hell of a contestant. His name is George Kittle. What's up, George? Oh, Kyle, you you are you are incredible. Absolutely. I love all of that. Um kind of, you know, nervous about the scores, but you know, yeah. I'm I'm a competitive person, so I think I'm I'm going to I'm going to get ready for this, you know. I've been training a little bit, you know, you've asked me a little bit. I kind of pushed you off. I wanted to yeah. see the questions. So, yeah. I think I'm all right. I think I'm going to do pretty well. But uh I will say it was a fantastic uh intro you had for me. Well, any nice. mention of of orange chicken chow mein, I know blows your hair back, dude. George, do you have before I, we I was start? Just sitting there. I know you were like, he was doing like an air guitar, but with a fork. Before we start, do you have a goal? Sometimes I ask contestants what their goal is for your final score out of 10. Is there something you'd like to hit? I'd like to hit 10. You want to hit 10? But I'm just here to have a good time, honestly. All right. I have to admit, George, I looked at the questions before this. Sometimes we're like, oh, these are easy. I think you got a hard batch. I'm not going to, I'm just going to set the tone right now. I think this is difficult. You're going to know, George, if you got it right. You're going to hear the following sound. If George Kittle gets the right answer, you'll hear this. 
Okay. Hopefully All 10 right. times. But, George, should you stumble, should you drop it, you have to hear this sound. That's much, that's much more dramatic. <laughs> Very. Especially <laughs> when it's on a question that's on the tip of your tongue, and we'll get there. Last thing before we start, George, you do have one lifeline in all of this. If at any point mm. you're totally flummoxed, you have no idea what that has to do with you, what the answer is, we have a lifeline called Ask a Millennial. It's interesting because you yourself are a millennial, but we have one of your fellow guys. He's 26 years old. His name's Richie, and he'll come in, and you'll have 30 seconds to just talk it through, and maybe he can jog some ideas. Cool? <laughs> you picked my lifeline beforehand? <laughs> it's the same guy for everybody. Because when we it's have Richie. in, like, Tim Robbins from Shawshank, like, he's much older. So when Richie comes in, it's like generations colliding. So everybody gets Richie. It's the same one that Gronk oh. got, same one before that. You got to roll with Richie. Well, hey, Gronk had had the misses. Like, I know. I know. Listen, mm. Gronk had the misses. Claire? Is Claire my, Kittle hey, nearby? My mom, my mom is here, and just a little backstory for her. Go I on. told her what I was doing today, and I was like, "Yeah, uh, I got a I got a little podcast thing with Kyle Brand." She goes, "Oh, I know Kyle. Yeah, I know who that is." I was like, really? "She's like, I feel, I wake up every morning and I see all of them on TV, and I feel like we're all friends now." And wow, so that's awesome. you're friends with my mom. She's George, sitting what's over your mom's here. Name? Jan. All right. So Jan, I, I'd love to hear it. Love to be friends with her. If she wants to chime in, we also had Keegan-Michael Key. His wife kept helping him too. So we don't run that strict Ooh. of a ship, but maybe you won't okay. need it, George. Let's find out. You have the lifeline. You have Jan. I will say this. My mom is excellent at Jeopardy. So yeah. So uh, we're, we're going to get some of these right. All right. I'm just going to throw her a lifeline once in a while. Let's That's go. Fine. Without further ado, George Kittle, here are your 10 questions. Your first category, question number one. The category is beer. George, in the world of beer, what does MGD stand for? MGD. Multi-grain drink. Say it again. A a multi-grain drink. I think that's a better answer than the real answer. Is it a multi-grain drink? There's grains in it. Ah. An MGD, if I say Kittle, can it be an MGD? That is known as a Miller Genuine Draft. Yeah, Bud Light sponsored. Sorry, I can't <laughs> say that. So, so I question you say doesn't count. I can't even say that, man. You, you're not That's contractually tough. allowed to say Miller Genuine Draft, even if you said it sucks. Bud Light. Bud Light. All right, well, the reason I picked that draft, <laughs> that is really funny. The reason I picked Miller Genuine Draft is because it's draft season in the world Ooh, that we do. Oh, um, wow. Dude, I was looking back to the 2017 NFL draft of which you were a part of. Do you remember Do you remember how many tight ends were drafted before you? Eight. That's correct. Yeah. Eight tight ends. Does George, are you one question? of those guys? Yeah, it's kind of counts. The supplementary questions don't count. Are you one of the guys who are like, um, you know, like there's the Brady seven, like all the ones who were drafted. What about the Kittle eight? Like, can you name all of them? Yeah, I can name them all, but like, it's not a chip on my shoulder. Like I'm just happy I got drafted. And it's also, I'm happy that I got drafted to a place that was per- the perfect fit for me and I've had success there. So, um, I'm, I'm just going to try to be the best side and out of the bunch. And it's not really a chip on my shoulder. It's just, you know, my own personal goal. So it's like, you know, guys like OJ Howard and Evan Engram got drafted really high, but you're like, if that, if that was me, great. I got drafted high, but like, maybe I'm not the right fit. Maybe I don't have the right coach. It doesn't piss you off at all. No, 
That's all right. I'm doing pretty well for myself. I'm okay. You're going to find, I think, the listener, that there's not a lot of things that piss George off. Like, you have a really happy contagiousness to you. And, like, I think it, people love it. And that's the perfect kid of answers. Like, I'm doing pretty well. What do I care about the draft? But what about this, George? What about um, now that you've gone through it a bunch of years and you've done, you've been successful and you've won so many games, what's it like just as a current player watching on draft night? What, what is that like, especially when your team's on the clock? I mean, I still get anxiety from it. Just like, cause I know, I mean, I just try to put myself, I was in those shoes. And so I, I definitely get anxiety with this watching it. And I mean, I just like watching the in-home stuff, seeing how people celebrate with their families. Like mm. I can't, I can't, I think was it, I think it was Kinlaw who was like dad or uncle or someone like rolled out of the screen. Like <laughs> that stuff's so funny to me. Like, I love draft parties. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I watch it. I pay attention, especially, you know, I, I'll shoot a text to my tight end coach once in a while. And I'll ask him if he has any poll in there, you know, yeah. Hey, Look at this, but no, I have zero pull. I just work here. Sure, and you work really well. But it's interesting because <laughs> you know the players well. Are, have you seen this guy? Everyone is they're doing backflips over this tight end from Florida named Kyle Ooh. Pitts. Have you seen this dude? Yeah, I watch him play. Are you kidding me? Okay, so I love watching tight ends. So you, th- this is guy is going to be part of the fraternity. Six foot six. He just ran a four four six, and they're saying that like he could go like the second overall pick like that high. What do you think of him? Yeah. I mean, he's a playmaker. I think in all the games he played, he averaged like two touchdowns a game. I mean, just get the guy the ball. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see him at the next level. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't pick him at a high pick unless like you're drafting a quarterback, I guess, like Trevor Lawrence, I guess over one overall, but you look at guys and players and athletes, guys that make plays consistently. I don't know if there's anyone else on the list other than the tight end Kyle Pitts. Dude's a what baller. would a tight end taking number two overall do for like the tight end nation, the tight end brotherhood? Uh, probably, I don't know, potentially raise like the, you know, what tight ends get paid to a better amount. No, we're still working on that. I know you're doing God's work. I mean, look at that beautiful woodwork behind you. George, where are Ooh. you right now? Are you in, you're not in the uh, Bay area, right? No, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And you have set up shop there? Like, that's that's your stomping yeah. ground now? It that's is. Yeah, after my man. rookie year, I had no idea where I wanted to train. Uh, I didn't want to go back and live in Iowa because I hated winter. Um, I don't like the cold that much. I lived in it for a long time. I'm good. Um, so I had C.J. Beathard and Trent Taylor, two guys that, you know, I got drafted with. I played college ball in Tennessee. I've been to Nashville a couple of times. Like, hey, just come train with us. I needed a quarterback, so I had C.J. And I just kind of fell in love with it. I have a great speed coach. I have a great strength coach. And uh, just kind of guys have kept, you know, coming down here. I got, you know, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Robbie Tanyan. Uh, you know, I got the boys down here and I got a you know, couple of guys from San Fran I train with. So we got a good group here and just kind of building an entire facility. And, uh, it's, it's going pretty well right now. It's like a whole compound, like with a dash of Rocky four, like you gotta be super proud of that, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. And there's, uh, I have a lot of, you know, cool surprises and additions that are coming in, uh, the upcoming months. So I'm pretty pumped about, it. you know, might put a, my, I'm trying to get a 40 yard indoor put up on the property as well. Got oh 75 acres. So I got, a, I got a lot of room to play 75. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. So you could fit like 50 Kinnick stadiums on your property. That is awesome. George, you got to get some points though. Like you did at Kinnick. I you did. Get some points you in this you asked me if I knew who Kyle Pitts was. I did. That's correct. There's yeah, so 10, I, there's 10 uh, uh, load bearing questions. And then the rest okay. of them are just fun. Here's a load okay, well, bearing question. I, I, I will also say that the first yeah. question you gave me was beer related. <laughs> and you said it was about me. And so I like that. So yeah. we can keep it alcohol or, you know, beer. All right. Well, no, I'll go someplace like, you like too. watch this. All these categories you're going to love. Question number two, 
Your category, George, is Game of Thrones. Okay. In the Red Keep, Lancel Lannister is in front of Queen Cersei. The mountain steps in between them, and Lancel wants them wants him to step aside. Lancel says, "Tell your man to step aside, or there will be violence." How does Queen Cersei reply? Oh my gosh, this is in the Red Keep. Yes. So the mm-hmm. religious guys are there, and they're like, "You got to come with us." So the mountain steps oh, in front yeah, of yeah, him, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, and he goes. Tell your man to step aside or there will be violence. And Cersei's reply is iconic. Three words. Um, I am violence. I don't know. Do you hold on now before you answer? Okay. Do you want to ask mom? Do you want to ask uh, Richie the lifeline? He says mm. there will be violence. She says you're very close to it, George. Very close. I do you want to burn a lifeline? I want to say I am violence, but... Final answer? Hmm. My mom knows nothing about Game of Thrones. Right. Does Richie know anything about Game of Thrones? I'm willing to bet he is. He's a 26-year-old straight white guy, so yes, I probably think he knows it. Do you want to try it? Now, listen, sometimes Richie comes on and just completely fails. He blew Brett Favre's affairs terribly. He helped your boy Vigo a lot. Do you want to try Richie or save him? I'll try Richie. Richie, get in here! Get in here. He's pissing his pants if he doesn't know Game of Thrones. Richie Bozek, this is George Kittle. Say hello. George, how's it going? I'm sorry, you know, I'm not someone you know a little better, but... What's up, Richie? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. 30 seconds, please. Again, Lancel says, tell your man to step aside or there will be violence. What iconic Game of Thrones line does Queen Cersei reply with? I think you were very close. I want to say I choose violence. Does that sound more right? Oh, yeah, that sounds so right. All right, what did you say, Richie? I choose violence. Okay, now, Richie, you didn't choose Google, right? You're not sitting in front of your computer Googling this shit, are you? No, no, no. So, George, you want to go with Richie's answer? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go with Richie's answer. George, by way of Richie, says, I choose violence. Is that right? (laughs) George, what do you want to say to Richie? Richie, I appreciate you, and uh, Kyle should give you a raise. So, (laughs) that's what I I say to Richie. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I maybe George. I can send you some Bud Light. Yes, get some Bud Light. Far superior to Miller Genuine Joy. I choose violence. <laughs> um, George, I asked you about that because obviously you were a big Game of Thrones guy while that was going on. But also, in your line of work, you often choose violence. You do. Mm. And it's a beautiful yeah. thing. Why? Football is a violent sport. I don't know how else you'd play the game. Like, um, it's one of the only sports where you're legally allowed to beat the shit out of each other. Excuse my language. But it just it is what it is. And so I feel like it's a violent sport to be played violent. And no, I think I mean, obviously protect everybody like you don't want to take cheap shots and stuff like that. But it's a violent game. You're meant to hit the guy in front of you. And um, you know, that's what it is. And so I play the game with a violent intention. And I think that might be why I'm so happy off the field, because I take my anger out on a football field. You know, people say a lot that you stiff arm. I watch it, George. I don't see an old-fashioned stiff arm. I, I see more of a punch. Like, it's a blow. Yeah. It's not like this back from the 1950s, putting your, your arm out. You punch. What goes mm-hmm. through the, that, that mind of yours? You catch the ball, and there's three guys in front of you. Um, C2, split two. I'll take an edge, try to make someone stay worse. And I mean, I know I'm going to get hit, so I might as well hit them harder than they hit me. And that usually goes really well for me. Sometimes I get, I get hit really hard. But like I said, it's a violent sport. I don't get angry about that. No, it's football. And so, like I said, 
I go out there with a violent intention and some people don't want to match that. And that gives me an advantage. Even in the NFL, best athletes on the planet, you run across people who don't want to match it or can't. Both, I'd say. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, yeah, they're fantastic athletes. You got like all Americans at every single, you know, on every single team, but you know, some guys don't have to be incredibly aggressive or violent. Some guys can avoid contact. I choose to make contact. It's more fun. Is that natural born or taught the violence? I'd say 50, 50. Mm. I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I know when I was a kid, I was more of a, I just, I was fast when I was a kid. So I just run around people and there wasn't a lot of violence, but um, I don't know. It's just something I've, you know, grown accustomed to. And I think also, you know, I got my tight end coach, John Embry, who said like, stop, he goes, never run out of bounds. He goes, just run through people because they don't want to get hit. And I think that's been a mindset that's really worked for me. Um, you know, kudos to him too. So he's definitely helped me a lot with that. You know, it's funny, George, I've watched so many interviews you've done and I've been part of several of them. And I always wonder if you want to use violence against any of the interviewers when they come to two questions. There's two questions, George, that you always get. And this is how it's there's, are you better than Travis Kelsey? Why isn't there a rivalry between you? That's one. And Mm -hmm. then there's, do you believe in Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you believe you get that all the time and you get it and you gets it and all of the teammates continue to get it. Why do you think you get that question so much? Uh, I mean, we're the San Francisco 49ers. We're a very popular franchise, famous franchise. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of, you know, there's high stakes and, you know, people expect us to win football games. And I think being the quarterback of like a top notch franchise. Yeah. It's probably the limelight is on you. It's, it's on him and it's on Kyle Shanahan. Like, you know, Hey, if you guys aren't doing it, then, something's wrong. Well, yeah, the whole team has to do it because that's football. So I was my dog that just says hello, but yeah, that's just, it is what it is. I mean, and I think, I mean, especially for Jimmy, just because, you know, everyone, you know, had high expectations for him when he was leaving the Patriots and like we all do. And, uh, you know, I think he can play higher than his expectations of himself too. And I think he has even like, he has a lot of ball ahead of him. I think it's a lot of good ball ahead of him. So um, I think he just gets that question because it's the quarterback. Like, why would you not point the finger at the QB? I, I completely agree. He, it's it's part of the the logo on the helmet, the position. It's part of how he looks. It's part of his yeah. contract. But George, I've heard you so passionately defend him, and I respect it. Let me ask you this as a final question here. We talked about the draft is coming up. How would you feel if you're sitting at home in Nashville and you got the TV on and the Niners are on the clock and they spend an early pick on a quarterback? Uh like the Packers did last year. Yeah. Whew. I mean, I trust in Kyle and John, they're trying to do whatever they can to make the team better. So whether that's competition, whether that, I mean, it is what it is. Like I don't really have a say in it. I'm just going to show up. I'm going to try to do my job, the best of my ability and support whoever's on my team. Like I get it. It's a, it's a competitive sport and you're competing for jobs every single day. And, uh, you know, I want Jamie to be my quarterback and, you know, that's what camp and OTAs and competitions for. So I just, you know, Whatever they do, I can't wait to see what you know what the team looks like in a couple of weeks. We have a very fun question about Jimmy coming later, but now we go to question three, where oh, George no. Kittle is already one out of two. You're going to love the Jimmy question. Category number three, George, name the movie. I'm going to play you a clip from a movie. All you have to do is say what movie it is from. Today's movie comes from the year 1989, well before your time, but I think given some of your background and interest, I bet you have seen this movie. George Kittle, listen closely. Name this movie check this out he must have been 
king of the wicker people. <laughs> oh, oh, where'd this come from? I have no idea. <laughs> it's Japanese. How do you know? Because I bought it in Japan. Hmm. Sound familiar at all? Man, my first thought was Die Hard with John McClane, but mm-hmm. I heard Japanese. Mm. This is one of the most commercially successful movies of all time. Uh, has major movie stars in it. It, uh, it relates to some of your interests and some of the things that motivate you. What do you think? Do you play it one more time? Of course we can. Check this out. He must have been king of the wicker people. <laughs> oh, oh, where'd this come from? I have no king idea. King of the wicker people. Listen, <laughs> it's Japanese. How do you know? Because I bought it in Japan. So you got two people bullshitting back and forth about king of the wicker people, where'd this come from? And then some guy comes in at the end. He seems kind of cool. And he's like, I know, oh, he yeah, seems Japanese. super cool. Sounds like he buys expensive shit in Japan. He must be a really rich guy. And if I go any further, George, the attorneys are going to choose violence on me. <laughs> hmm. My think? mom's laughing. Hey, one more time and I'll have it, I promise. See, this is funny. Because, George, this is when the people listening and watching on YouTube are like, Kittle, how do you not know this movie? Come on, dude. All right, George wants one more time. This is it. Play the movie for him. And I'm going to only... The only way I can tell you is the last person who speaks is the one who's going to really give it to you. Go ahead. Check this out. He must have been king of the wicker people. (laughs) Oh, oh, where'd this come from? I have no idea. (laughs) It's Japanese. How do you know? Because I bought it in Japan. That sounded like Michael Keaton at the end. Okay. So is this a bat? Is this like a Batman movie? Bro, when Michael Keaton was in it? George, I handle the questions on the show. You're responsible for the answers. So if I say Batman, do I have to know which Batman it was? Because now I know. I think it's. I think it's the first one. Okay. Would you but like to submit an Bat- answer, George? It's Batman with Michael Keaton. That's my guess. All right, George says Batman with Michael Keaton. Is he right? We did it! We did it! Dude, I, and the second you said, the last time you said it, I was like, because I was stuck with, my first thought was John McClane. Yeah. And the first the first Die Hard, and I couldn't get off that. And then this that last one, uh, now I remembered it, just clicked for me. I was like, oh yeah, Michael Keaton, that's Batman. Duh. Yeah, Vicky Vale and the reporter are like looking through this room of collectibles he has. And they're like, what is this? Yeah. What is this? And then he just rolls up. Yep, yeah, no, nope, I'm good. Right. Thank you. Two out of three, George. Um, I'm asking you about Batman because... Would you mind showing us on camera? You have a crazy sick Joker tattoo. Let's see this thing. Oh, yeah. Let's put a smile on that face. Unbelievably cool. George, it's big. It's really detailed. And for anybody just listening, it's not Jack Nicholson Joker. It's Heath Ledger Joker. Why did you get that permanently on your skin? Um, Well, honestly, like one of the biggest things, other than that being one of my favorite movies, um, I don't know, me and my dad talk a lot about uh, like alter egos and stuff like that. And, um, it's partially why I have like the master chief on my other forearm. Um, I'm big on visualization. I like seeing things. Um, and I don't know, I just, for me to see something and then I, to me, I can channel the energy and 
the Joker of the chaotic, but he's just loving his life the entire time. Like he's having the most fun of anybody else out there. He's just kind of a psychopath. Uh, I think that's putting it lightly, but I kind of feel like that's me sometimes when I play football and I'm just having the most fun out of anybody out there. And the way I do things might be completely unorthodox and they might be completely dangerous, I guess, or violent, but I kind of channel that energy. Um, and so, like I said, me and my dad talk about alter egos. And so that was an alter ego that, uh, I kind of connected with. And also along the lines of that, like in college, I used to have like a big, uh, I have wrist tape on and I paint, I like put a big red circle or a big black circle, whatever marker I had. And it'd be like my reset button. And so it's kind of like a reset button for me as well. Like uh, I'm a, like, I, I have to touch things for me to like to see them. And for me to like activate, I guess. And so I kind of use it as a reset button whenever I need it. So during a game, how much do you actually touch the Joker? Not often, like three times max, I would say. Uh, really, it's more of just big time plays when I need something. Or if like we're on a 14 play drive and a two minute drill and I need a little bit of extra juice at the end of the series, it just it reminds me to take a deep breath. And I'm big on my breath work and you know how to the mental side of the game. And it's just a way for me to just recenter and refocus. And really, most of the time I look at it and then we could be we can play 16 of a two minute drive and I could have three catches and I kind of get all my energy back. And I got like three or four more plays left to me before I yell at my tight end coach, to pull me out of the game. Are there times that you rely on the Joker for the reset versus the master chief? Oh, no, I, I'm usually, I'm usually just slap with my right hand because it's, I'm better slapping with it. And I like kind of the, it's just kind of, it's a wake up. That's just kind of what it's, you know, like people snap the rubber band on their wrist. That's kind of what sure, it is. Yeah. When I slap my forearm. Yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of a, physical and mental reset for me. So I did my research, George, and this is funny. There's a website called body. Yeah. Listen to this Bodyartguru.com. I don't know if this is reliable Ooh. or not, but bodyartguru.com has a whole breakdown of your tattoos. And they claim that you got your Joker tattoo the night before you got married. Is that true? <laughs> that is What's true. up with that? Tell me that story. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, it was very, it was a bang, bang thing. Like I decided I want, I'm getting married on a Wednesday. I decide that I want this tattoo on the Friday before my wedding. Okay. And I get it scheduled through my tattoo artist who did my bear paw up here. And I was like, Hey, I would really like to get this. Um, I'm going to be gone for a while after this, but could you squeeze me in at all? And she goes, I actually have an opening on Tuesday. And so I was like, Interesting. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure this was like a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. So I gave her like a 48 hour heads up and I go home that night to my, to my fiance, Claire. And I'm like, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? And I, I'm showing her the image and like, I didn't even have the image picked out yet too. Like I had a hundred Joker screenshots. Like I'm just filtering through them. I don't know what I really want. And I found like this one, the scene where he's in the jail cell, just sitting there. Um, cause he's there intentionally. And, uh, it's like the clapping scene where he's just going like this, that, that's such a great scene. And he, um, I just got like, kind of stuck for me. And I was like, Hey, Claire, like, what do you think about this? And I thought she was starting to stab me. I really, I really did. And she goes, we're getting married in two days and you want to go get a tattoo, especially if something on your forearm that you're going to see every day. Like, why do you want it on your forearm? And on, I explained it to her, the mental side of it, like the switch, um, reset button. And she's like, all right. She was like, I understand you have a reason for it, but why do you have to do it right now? Is it because we're going to be gone for a couple of weeks? You know, yada, yada, yada. These are good and, questions by Claire, by the way. <laughs> oh, great questions, dude. Like I was spinning. I was like, ah, I'm just pulling stuff. You know, I'm just trying yeah. to make it work. Yeah. And she was, she did not really give me her blessing on it, but she said, just go. Cause it's something that you really want to do. 
I spent eight hours in a tattoo chair the day before my wedding. <laughs> and so she's just texting me. She's like, well, I need help with this. I'm just like kind of stuck in the chair right now, babe. Like I, I don't have a lot going for me. Uh, but when I got it, I get home and I have to saran wrap it. And then I get yeah. married and I'm wearing a white shirt. So I had to, my arm was saran wrapped the next day. I, I got married. So it was pretty fun. And then I took it off at the night and it bled all the way through, but it is what it is. And I had fun. So you're telling me that and your and your wedding night, respectfully, George, it's a very sacred night for husbands and wife. You have a we bloody got, Joker well, tattoo all over your arm. <laughs> hey, hear me out though. So we did a small wedding. So it was literally, okay. it was me, okay. my mom, dad, sister, her, her mom, dad, sister, and then my best man because he lived in Iowa city. Yeah. And we just did it like at our, at like our, we have a family jeweler and we just did it cause it's a very pretty store. We just did it in there. There's eight of us yeah. we went there and then we went uh, downtown Iowa city and got some good food. And so it was a small one. So like we were planning on getting married in Italy. This was just like a pre thing, uh, just because getting married, I mean, being married is a lot better than being disengaged. It's Especially like if you, you know you're going to, yeah. Yeah. You know what you're in for. It, it's like, if you look yeah, at you the traditional kind of stuffy wanted, wedding and said, you know, like, there why no so other serious? Que- like I wasn't, there were no other questions for it. And I was like, well, yeah, let's just get it knocked out now. And then, and I'm glad we did because then our wedding got canceled in Italy because of uh, the pandemic. Wow. And so we had to push it back and it was supposed to be this year. And then it got pushed back again. And so we're just like, all right, well, I'm glad we're going to my second anniversary instead of still being just engaged. So I think wow. we played our cards, right? So Claire didn't show up and be like, well, guess what? I got a Harley Quinn tattoo on my leg too. So we're made to be. I would have loved that. That would have been awesome. <laughs> well, you're in for more questions. We got to pick up the pace. Now, question number four, your your subject, your category is Lord of the Rings. Lord of the, Lord of the Rings. Here we go. In the film, The Return of the King, Merry and Pippin are sitting around the ruins of Isengard what does Pippin tell Gimli? What food does he say is particularly delicious? Now, I want you to know that Aaron Rodgers was on the show and I asked him the exact same question and he got really close, but he got it wrong. And this is a guy, Rodgers has like been to New Zealand. He's been to Hobbiton. He's been to all that. He knows the stuff and okay. he got it wrong. So Mary and Pippin okay. are sitting there stuffing their face and drinking and smoking. And Gimli is beside himself. This is, like, a, this is at the very end of the movie. No, it's at the beginning of Return of the oh, King. They just okay, yeah, they okay. conquered With, Isengard yeah. in the two towers, and Gimli's like, "You're drinking right. and smoking." Pippin says, "The blank is particularly delicious." What food does he say? He's sitting there stuffing his face with it, high and drunk as hell. <laughs> what I is it? Want to say? I mean, in my head, it's either it's either like a cake or it's a or it's a meat. And so that's where I'm at. And like, I know. I don't know cause my, my first thought was that, the, sorry, the bread that, you no know, um, Sam and Frodo eat the whole time from the elves, but it's not that because that stuff was terrible. Lemless bread. Yeah. yeah Why do you know that. so much? I know this yeah, stuff, how much, dude. How much studying did you do before Aragon well, came I just watch Lord of the Rings all the time. Oh, I love that. I know um, you do. So what meat? I'm going to say... Mm, Hit that Joker tattoo. Come on. Hit that thing. <laughs> I think it's a deer. That's all I got. Okay. He says a deer. Um, you know what we're going to do to my uh, intrepid staff? Instead of playing the right answer, wrong answer, just play the actual quote that Pippin is uh, delivering, and it'll give us the answer right now. The salted pork is particularly good. It's not deer. The answer mm. is salted pork. 
be the salted pork. George, is that answer frustrating for you or you never have gotten that? No, it was really frustrating because I had pork in my head. And I was like, man, how much pork was really around there? <laughs> I don't remember seeing any pigs in Isengard. That's what I was trying to, I was thinking of like, I was like, is it some random Lord of the Rings animal that I'm trying to discover right now <laughs> right. in my head? And I was like, geez, Louise, I haven't seen a Lord of the Rings movie in a minute. Why? Those movies have played a big role though in your life and your upbringing. Tell me about that. They did. Oh, my dad used to read us the books for like bedtime stories. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The books, um, the amount of times we've seen the movies. I went to the return of the King four times with my dad in theaters. He did. And I was like, what was that like three hour run time? Yeah. I loved that every second of it. Yeah, no. So I am frustrated. I got that wrong, but you know, I still got a, I got a long way to go. Um, I just, Lord of the Rings has always been fun for me because it's the journey of like, you know, whether, and like every single character has their own journey throughout the entire film or the, the whole franchise and from like Frodo, like they're figuring out their bravery throughout their journey to Mordor or um, like Aragorn and um, like Gandalf, like they all have their own journeys and it's just kind of see how they all develop and how they all deal with adversity uh, or people in their lives. And it's just, uh, I don't know, I connected well with that because uh, I kind of feel like I'm living like a fantasy life, a dream of mine. And they're kind of living a fantasy life. So there's a lot of similarities there. I love that. That's very cool. That's that contagious positivity we talked about earlier. There's a thing too, where along your journey right now, George, and I'm just, I'm not going to pull punches here. You do not have a ring in your profession. Mm. You were very close to getting one. It was like you were there at Mount Doom and, and you didn't get it. Um, I want to play you one other sound. The 49ers were playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You had guys had a 10 point lead late. Things changed. You didn't win the game. And in the closing moments of the game, you were mic'd up on the sideline talking to yourself as your team was losing the Super Bowl. This is what it sounded like. I will be back here. I will be back here. And I will be back for the vengeance. You will not get the best of me, no sir. What's it like to hear that? Uh, it brings back a lot of feelings and emotions. I'll tell you that. Um, but I mean, I'm glad I said it to myself because, you know, that's always my mindset is, uh, you know, I can do anything and like, it's not the, it's not my last game I'll ever play. I have multiple chances and, you know, just to play football and be back on the field, um, you know, just making it a promise to myself that I will be back there. And so that's why, you know, my off seasons, I take as seriously as I do because my goals have went Super Bowls. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to that feeling because it looks like it's a lot of fun it's you've built it back up and you're positive and this is you know a year and a half later in that moment and you're standing there and i know how confident that team was you guys were beating the hell out of everybody you destroyed green bay in the title game you're just beating the crap out of everybody physically as well as the chiefs for a long time and then the game turned as you're standing there it's finally washing over you oh my god we're gonna lose what are the emotions uh mm. oh wow you're making me relive it. I love yeah. it. Thanks, Kyle. You know. You're on to good things now. You're in a giant place in Nashville. You got a big contract. <laughs> Jimmy's back. You guys are going to win it next year. Let's put this thing to bed. Oh, I mean, the emotions, uh, disappointment, uh, you know, a little bit of heartbreak, uh, disbelief, I would say. Uh, you know, because I, I mean, if you're playing in the Super Bowl, you got to be confident. Like, you can't be like, oh, wow, we're about to get our butts kicked. Like, anybody that has that mindset's, you know, I think, I think both, side, both teams thought they were going to beat the hell out of the other team. And so when you have that mindset and, you know, things don't go the way you want them to go and you know how long the journey was and how difficult the journey is and how the ball has to bounce your way, like a certain amount of times in every single game, you know, and all the little things that people forget, you know, throughout the season. Yeah. I mean, it's a disappointment and, um, 
you know, at the same time, I look at it as a, you know, I'm so happy I got to play in the Super Bowl. I mean, I definitely one of the most fun times I ever had in my life, like regardless of the outcome. Um, Cause that was my dream as a kid to play in the Super Bowl, to win a Super Bowl. And you no, know, I got one of those things done. So now I just got to go back and win it. You did not get the salted pork, George, but we're moving on to the next category. I told you these Dude, are all so disappointing. The second, I I, the second you started the quote and I heard him talking, I was like, it's pork. I am such an idiot. <laughs> Like Go with your gut, Kittle. It'll get you good places. That was the right? first. I, I, I wouldn't have gotten salted, but pork was the first thing I had in my head. I'm it's glad you didn't say pork because then we would have had to argue whether pork was a correct answer or if I needed salted pork. You didn't. Next <laughs> category. Uh, next category is dads. You've mentioned your dad several times in this conversation. I know he's huge influence to you. So let's see if we can get the question right. George, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, what is the most popular Father's Day gift in the United States? Father's Day gift. The most popular Father's Day gift in the United States. I will tell you that the third place and second place are golf clubs and hammers. Third place and second place. But the number one thing in the United States that people give their fathers, and this is not some joke, this is actual fact. Yeah. Okay, so it's my it's either like a shaving kit, a wallet, or a belt are my three that I want to go through. Because that's all I remember as a kid. Um my first my first thought was a wallet. Okay. It's ironic because your dad, you know, helps you out financially, you give him a wallet, no. you know. I- my dad doesn't even have a wallet. He uses a hair tie as his wallet. It's abs- <laughs> it's outrageous. I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? So I'm not going to skip on the wallet. Okay. So it's a shaving kit. Yeah. Mm. Maybe. I'll go with the shaving kit. Let's do that. Shaving kit is in the dad gift hall of fame because it's the right price point and it seems uh, kind of dad-ish. Uh, is it a shaving kit for Father's Day? George, this is one of the cases where your, ba- your answer is better than the actual. The actual answer is a tie, like a necktie. There's a tie. <laughs> it's a tie. I'm I would rather bad. get a shaving kit. I'm a dad now. Much rather get a shaving kit than a tie. I want to just ask you, your dad is just, it seems to be such a huge building block in who you are, where you've come from. Does he still write you the letters before games? Yeah, every game. Tell, tell the saved. people what that what that's about, unless anyone doesn't know. Your dad writes you letters. What what are they like? Uh, yeah. So my dad, he started. It started off at college, and it was just like a way for him to keep in contact with me and communicate with me, and to try to, you know, still have an impact in my life. because I was in college, and you know, college students don't really talk to their parents that often, and it's hard to call them back. Um, and so he would write me letters and they start off as just like, uh, you know, Hey, like, good luck. I'm proud of you. Have so much fun. And it was like one page handwritten. Um, and then we actually had to start, uh, after my, as my retro freshman year, my year playing, we had to start like, he had to email to me and then I would just print them out. And I like, he'd email it to me. I wouldn't even look, I'd like try not to look, I'd print it out. I put an envelope and I'd save it till game day. Um, it was actually really cool when I got to the Niners and he just kept doing it. Um, he would just email to, um, one of our logistic guys, Michael slap, shout out to him. And he prints it off for me and then hands it to me every single night on Saturday nights before meetings. And so then I just keep my backpack. And then usually when I get to the stadium, I just read in my locker and, uh, it's really fun. And the whole letter consists of things from my childhood, you know, 
things to connect football to. Um, a lot of just, you know, family, I love you. I'm proud of you. Uh, thing like, and it's a lot of, it's been a lot of quotes. So like I get the small consistent steps in the right direction, lead to great results. It's one of my favorites. I get a lot of Bruce Lee quotes. Um, and like each, each, uh, letter has like a theme to it. So like a theme could be Bruce Lee, a theme could be Lord of the Rings. Uh, a theme could be the matrix. And then, uh, you always like, it's a lot of photos too. So whether it's like a rock, because I love uh, the rock and his mindset, stone cold, uh, Neo for the from the matrix, um, Gandalf, I get quotes from all these guys. It's, it's awesome. It's really fun. And I I could probably share one or two with you. And it's really fun too, because some of the games when it's against teams that he might not like, they're a little bit more vulgar and aggressive, which is really fun. (laughs) And my dad, I will say this, he's a very talented writer. So it's a full story from start to finish. So I'm interested what, I don't need names or anything, but like what, what is, what constitutes a team that your dad doesn't like? Like, what does he not like about a given team? Uh, division rivals or, um, his mom despised the Cowboys. So she just didn't like the Cowboys. And so I guess we don't, I wasn't allowed to like the Cowboys growing up. (laughs) Does by chance, does your dad, uh, um, dislike the saints because like George on that fourth down, you beat the crap out of like 26 saints in this, in their, on their own field. What was that letter? Like, it was a very good letter. I remember yeah. that one. Uh, that was, that was a great letter. I was, I was pumped. And, uh, they're, I mean, they're all great. Like I, there's a couple that I remember vividly. Like one of my favorite ones was actually before my first, my first real, like, I mean, first game in my second year, we played Minnesota. Yeah. And it was a great, I mean, it was great. Just like, you know, pick me up. And he was like, it's just, uh, you know, it's a new chapter in your life. So I go out and try to do something with it. like you actually, you know, this, like just how different I've been, you know, my entire life and like yeah. how different I was that year. So it was a good pick me up. That's one I actually keep with me in my backpack all the time. I love that, man. My, you know, my dad used to write me letters too. I think there's a lot of kids out there who get letters from their dads and for different reasons. And it's just, you know, whether it's typed or you see that handwriting, the second you see the handwriting, it just, it, it goes right to your soul. And, um, I think that is an unbelievably cool thing. I've kind of followed that from afar and you've talked about your dad. I, I love it. I wonder if he might have written you a, a, a letter before this, if you would have done a little bit better. But let's find out as we go to question six, because we're two out of five, George. And this is the That's fan favorite good. category. All right. Fan favorite category right now is called Finish the Lyric. I play for you a popular song. <laughs> You're going to hear a singer go. And uh, as they oh. stop, as they stop, you have to finish what the line is. Now, if you wanted to involve Jan in this, uh, it's fine because I will admit, George, this is not from your generation <laughs> or mine, but this is an iconic song. When it stops, finish Mom, what the singer will say. This one. Come here, Jam. Yeah, wait, here, just just put this headphone I in. I guarantee Jan will know listen, it. A song is going to play. I don't know. And it's, it's it. from before I was born. Yes. And so then whenever the singing stops, we have to finish the lyrics. Okay. Oh my gosh. Do we get another chance George, or do we get two chances? Yeah, you can get as many as you want. George, I bet okay. I'd be impressed if you knew it, but I bet Jan will know it. Here we go. George and Jan Kittle finish this lyric. Money. money can't buy you love can't buy you love can't buy you love i'm gonna take it i'm gonna i'm gonna accept that i'm gonna accept that i know the beatles baby good job mom good job mom you're fantastic can't buy you love all right george 
That was really well done. We've never had a, a, a mother contribution before. We've done dozens of episodes. I'm impressed with you guys. George, Thank you. I played Can't Buy Me Love. Um, you have a lot of love in your life. Let's just, yeah. let's just call it what it is. You've also been rewarded with like a lot of money in your life. It's nuts. And here, here's my question. Mm-hmm. If I Google right now and I just say, George Kittle salary, bam, there it is. Just numbers, million guaranteed, million per year, million da 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 what is it like having people know how much money you make? Uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, I will say I changed my cell phone number. So I have a new cell phone number. Okay. I got that like a week after my contract. Uh, well, I went to three high schools and college in the same town I kind of grew up in. And so I had a lot of people reaching out to me a lot and, I was like, I still have the phone. I still have that phone number, but I got a new phone that I kind of keep. That's like my new phone now. So, um, sorry if I haven't returned your text guys. Haven't checked that phone in a while. (laughs) Um, it is what it is. I mean, I, I have a great circle. I have a great tribe around me from my family to the people I work with every single day, um, to the guys I even work out with. So, you know, nothing's really changed. Like, um, you know, I bought a new house obviously, and I'm building like a training facility, but now, my work ethic's the same. I talk to my guys the same. Uh, I still love to play video games. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't think I've really changed that much. And, uh, you know, my friends just support me. My family supports me. And uh, it's, it's actually, it's really easy to stay humble. Like when I, like I have unconditional love for my parents, which I think is one of the most privileged things you can have. Because um, I know not everybody, you know, has that support, that trust, that love that they, you know, have with their family. And so knowing that I have that for my parents, my sister, my wife, uh, no, it's pretty special. And so, uh, they're very good at keeping me grounded and, you know, keep me humble, but it's really not that hard. You know, when you got people like that around you, you know, I remember, um, talking about your humility, I'll never forget this. It was about three or four years ago, it was Super Bowl weekend and you were in town, you weren't playing. It was the Super Bowl that was in Atlanta. And yeah. I was in a restaurant with Schrager who I work with. And we look across there and it's you and Claire. We're just at a restaurant sitting there. It's a really crowded restaurant full of football tourists who were in town to watch the game. And I just remember like, there didn't seem to be anybody who recognized you or were taking pictures of you or saying, Oh man, that's Kittle. That's Kittle. Like you were just so calm and this regular ordinary guy next year, you blow up, boom, Super Bowl. like your life changed. You must've had a massive uh, injection of fame into your life. When you guys had that amazing season, you went to the Super Bowl. What did that feel like for you? Uh, it was fun. Was it? <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, I mean, I just, it, it is what it is. And I was just, you know, doing what, you know, my whole goal is just to play football to the, to the highest level abilities I possibly can, you know, can play at. And, uh, you know, that's all I really focused on, you know, like Instagram followers and stuff like that kind of comes with it. But um, I will say like one of the coolest things, like just being able to, you know, talk to other players in the NFL and like, you know, getting to know them, like me and Travis Kelsey is still one of my favorite things I've done in my life. Like that was awesome because, I've watched so much of his film and I grew up, you know, loved watching him play. So the fact that I can call him a friend is pretty awesome. So I'll, if that's the fame you're talking about, then I'll take it. Cause that was, that was sick for me. The media was not here for that, George, the two of you were going to be sworn enemies and talk shit to each other and compete and say, I'm better. No, I'm better. And you guys were just like, yeah, I love this guy. <laughs> he's, he's really cool. Yeah. I really admire his he's game good- and no one wanted to hear it. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> People, people like comparing people, people like the contrasting people. They like, you know, they like that, uh, that drama, you know, yeah. it's, uh, I don't know why there has to be drama. I love all the tight ends in the NFL. You know, they're all great players. I want to see them succeed because 
when they succeed, I succeed, you know, and then when I succeed, other people can succeed. Uh, I'm just trying to help everybody out. And I think we kind of have that mindset. No, uh, it's just, it's fun because I can learn things from Travis. I can learn things from, you know, Rob Tunyon. I can learn things from Hawkinson. And, you know, when you kind of have that brotherhood, it's, you know, it's easier to do things when you have an entire team behind you. And, you know, if you have a question, I can reach out to, you know, TJ, if I have a question about a team that I'm playing about a guy he's played before and I can have a you know, question with him about it. Oh, hi, Dini. Hey, what's up, dude? She, she likes leather. She likes leather couches. Who doesn't? That's incredible. What's the dog's name? Beanie. All right. She's Deanie. a Bernese Mountain Dog Poodle. Oh, my gosh. All hands on deck for the Kittles. We are at three out of six. George, if you don't get a single point more, you still you will have a three out of ten, which would tie our all-time lowest score with Steve Smith Sr., but you still have a lot of questions left. In fact, you have four. Question number so seven. not the worst. No, not the worst. You, you, you're definitely already not the worst. But the next question, another one I know you like. Your category is Harry Potter. Oh, shnikes. Okay. I'm going to give you a choice. Would you like a question based on professors or based on Hogwarts Castle? Which category do you want? I want the professor. No, the castle. There's way too much stuff going on <laughs> there's in there. There's a man. lot. <laughs> like, there's too much, man. All right. He Hogwarts chooses professors. professors. Okay. This is simple. George Kittle. What Hogwarts professor was rumored to be a dueling champion in their youth. One of the professors at Hogwarts, the kids talk about it. It's in their write-up. A dueling champion in their youth. Dumbledore. You think it's... I'm not going to accept Dumbledore because Dumbledore is technically a headmaster for the majority of But he was a dueling champion. George, I'm not going to... I'm helping you here. That was not the right answer. This is one of the mainstay professors. Yeah. Um, Let's see. No. What do you think? Like, no, is, is this can I, can I ask one more question is this like sure. one of the is this one of the teachers that was there for one one movie and left or is this like uh he no was, this is just this is a mainstay it's like this this professor i wouldn't I choose some one-off who shows up and okay. half blood prince this is a mainstay i know my first because i was thinking mad eye moody but i wasn't sure about him not mad, i bet you he was a, mad eye moody can mess people up yes but no this yeah. is a respected tenured uh, Hogwarts professor, and that's all I, I will say. I, I think it's Severus Snape, but you're gonna like mess me up with like McGonagall or something like that. But I think it's Professor Snape. Why would I be messing you up if it's McGonagall? That would be a fair answer. Is the answer Professor Severus Snape? No, no, it is. Mm. It's Professor Flitwick. Does that the ring a bell? At all? No, I know you're talking about. Wow. Is that from the movies or the books? It's from both. Specifically the books. I'm a book guy and I know you are too. You know what I should have done? Before coming on this, if I ever come back on again, I will. um, That was my sister, by the way. Oh, hey. She's here too. Yeah, hi. What's Um, your sister's name? My sister's name is Emma. Emma. She's actually my my yoga instructor. Um, So she'll be here for the final two questions. So I got. (laughs) We need all the help we can get. We're three out of seven. Next time I come on your show, I'm going to reread all the books that okay. I've read in my life and then reread, rewatch all the movies I've watched because okay, I guess I got to do, I got to do homework up myself. But Jeez don't have any Miller Genuine Draft. You're Bud Light. George, this is why I'm asking you. You Bud love Light. all things um, fantasy. You obviously Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings, Harry Potter. You love that shit. So right now you and me are going to have a little fantasy draft. Here's what I mean. Okay. I'm going to say a football position 
you have to pick what fantasy character you would want to play that position. My old buddy, Matt Money Smith and Petros used to do this. In other words, like, I'm going to say quarterback. You can have anybody you want and you could choose, you know, Dumbledore, anybody. Got it. In the entire fantasy world, Marvel, anything, who would be the quarterback in your fantasy draft, George? Uh, Captain America. Captain America? Yeah. Why? Oh, well, he's the captain. You know, everyone looks up to him. He's got the leadership. Mm-hmm. He's got a cannon. Um, and he's a very, he's very mobile, very good athlete. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to go with Captain America. All right. For my quarterback, I'm going to choose the Predator who has a uh, laser-mounted targeting system, is huge, and can become invisible. Running back. Kittle, who would you choose in the fantasy world for your running back? Wait, so this is a list that you already have made right now. No, I just thought of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All (laughs) right, who's my running back? Yeah, who's in the fantasy world? Comics, movies, uh, sci-fi, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to stay in the Marvel Universe, actually. I'm going to go Black Panther. Oh, that's a great running back. Wicked stiff arm, yeah. agile as hell. Do you, do you remember in the uh, Infinity War where he actually has the gauntlet and he's running and he just murders everybody? Yeah. yeah. He Black runs Panther. like DK Metcalf. Like he's incredible. Like uh, absolutely great choice. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Juggernaut from uh, also from that world. He X-Men. runs through every wall ever. Uh, X-Men. Yeah. Moving that's on good. to, we have two more positions. George, who you have Captain America, Black Panther. Who is your fantasy wide receiver in our fantasy draft here? Um, hmm. I'm going to go the, again, in the Marvel universe, I'm going to go with the Spider-Man. <sighs> you took my guy. It's just like a real go. fantasy draft. I wanted Kittle. You took Kittle. And, and why Spider-Man? Go ahead. Damn it. <laughs> We're good, man. Yeah. He just, he's, he's he's stick to walls. I mean, it's, he'd be like Jerry Rice. So my, my other thought. Yeah. No, I'm going to let you pick, and I'll tell you what my other thought was. All right. Uh, I'm going to choose for wide receiver. I'm going to go with a possession receiver. I'm going to go with uh, Chewbacca. Just he's going to muscle people. Very tall. Good on the corner fade in the red zone. Not a lot of breakaway speed, but on that third and Super eight, he'll tough. get you nine yards. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Chewbacca. Mr. Fantastic. Oh, the rubber Mixed guy. <laughs> yeah. That's so much better. All right. Yeah, let's bring this to a close. George, your fantasy tight end. This is the George Kittle fantasy draft. Who is your tight end? This is a big, big choice for you. Thanos. Oh, of course it's Thanos. Because I'm inevitable, baby. (laughs) All right. You know what's funny, George? Because we're going to put this out and everyone will be like, who had a better fantasy draft, Kittle or Brandt? And like, I was doing really well to first first two rounds. And then you just hit Thanos. You know who my tight end is? My my fantasy tight end is Hagrid <laughs> because he's really big and strong and he doesn't care if he gets the ball. Like he's a selfless guy, but I can't really exactly follow Thanos with Hagrid. Yeah, right. What, you want a left tackle? Yeah, I actually, that's I, my left saw, tackle. I saw a fantasy draft of, uh, what was it um, like, uh, like Disney movies or yeah. Pixar movies? And they had Shrek was their starting left tackle. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Absolute monster. <laughs> That's great. That's your big Joe Batonio right there. That's a Shrek. All right, yeah, so the Kittle monster. fantasy team, Captain America quarterback, Black Panther running back, uh, Spider-Man wide receiver, and Thanos as your first team all-galaxy tight end. It's a hell of a squad. That's a, look at it. And he's got the bear paw. George, three questions left. 
category number eight, thank God, is multiple choice because you're three out of seven. Multiple choice. Let's go. Yes. This is a very weird question. Sick. Category awesome. for question eight is birthdays. Which of the following is a birthday tradition in Canada? A birthday tradition in Canada. Yes. Got it. A the pulling of the earlobes. B the buttering of the nose. Or C the throwing of the flower. One of those things the Canadians allegedly do. Pulling of the earlobes, buttering of the nose, throwing of the flower. I'm going with buttering of the nose. How come? Uh, just It just kind of stuck with me. You know, it just seems like a totally normal thing to do in Canada. Okay. Um, Out of respect. For ladies and gentlemen, is it possibly buttering of the nose? <laughs> oh, hey there. How we doing, eh? So, George, I, I looked this up and I checked it with the Canadian friend that I have. He said he remembers from childhood. Apparently, you literally rub butter on the nose and it's to make you slippery from bad luck or something so it won't bad luck. I'm doing, I'm doing that from now on. I'm all in. Okay. Buttering of the nose in George's next birthday. Here's why I ask you. It's not because of Canada. George, what's the deal with you on Twitter and social media? I follow you and all the happy birthdays. Hi, how are you? You do it constantly to people looking for you to get that from you. You know what I'm talking about? Why do you do that? The happy birthday? Yeah. I mean, people uh, always be like, George Kittle said hi to me would make my day. Sure enough, two minutes later, hi emoji from Kittle or happy birthday. <laughs> it's this very positive thing you do. Uh, really just because I put myself, I don't, I always try to like everything I do. I try to do it through the eyes of like, Hey, would my 13 or 14 year old self be proud of me? Mm. And I know that as a 13 year old, if I got a happy birthday from an NFL football player, I would be so ecstatic because I know that the times when I was a kid and I asked for autographs and I got denied, I still remember that. I still remember not getting an autograph back. And so like, I know I remember that feeling. I'm just like, well, how hard is it for me to take five seconds and just say, hey, happy birthday? And it, they get to retweet it. They get to have fun with it. It is what it is. And you know, if, they, if I can just you know, bring a little bit of joy and happiness to everybody's life, I think the world's a better place. You know, I try to make everyone smile, like one person smile a day. If I can get out five happy birthdays in a day, I made a couple people smile. And so uh, that's just what I try to do. Um, I'm all about good vibes and having fun. And so I think it's a very easy thing for me to do just to sound a pretty easy tweet. You are relentlessly positive. I wonder the tweets you can do. Ding, ding, ding. Happy birthday. Simple. What about the actual autographs when you're coming in and off the field and training camp or just out in public when we used to go out in public more, do you have that thing where you remember the 13 year old and you're like, I got to sign oh, yeah. all these. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I tell you, like I have vivid memories of people who didn't sign stuff for me and I still know their names and I don't want some eight year old kid to have a vendetta against me in 30 years because I didn't sign this football. But like, yeah, I mean, you just, and I know like it just, it makes kids happy. Cause I like the jerseys that I do have are signed. Like even as an adult, I get a signed Jersey. I'm like, this is so sick. Like I can't wait to hang this in my room. I can't wait to have this for the rest of my life. And so if I feel that as an NFL football player, then I know a kid and I sign his hat or his little inflatable football and he'll have that for the rest of his life or, you know, until he gets something else signed. And so it's just, uh, I know every time I look at it, he might smile. You know, he has a good story to tell. Hey, I met George at training camp. Uh, he wore my sombrero. Like I've done that multiple times. Like it just, just have a little fun out there. And you know the, the fans that support us and come to our practices and, you know, go to away trips. Like, no, I love them. Like 
it's way more fun with fans. And so I just, I can reward them. And if it takes me 15 minutes of my time, that's all, you know, that's all that matters. Well, you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. You said it twice. You remember the people who haven't done it. George, Stop. you and I both. No. no, no, no. Hold on. I understand. George, you and I both grew up Bears fans. All right. Mm-hmm. I used to go to Bears events. Are, are we talking? Did, did you go with your parents or something? Did you go to like Bears training camp? What would you go to where you were looking for autographs? All right. So I was actually really lucky uh, when we lived in Iowa, when I was a kid growing up, my dad would do a big fundraiser in Iowa and there'd be a bunch of Iowa football players that would come back. And this was like right after Dallas Clark got drafted. Okay. Uh, like uh, Bob Sanders, like he had just said, like, I think he just had defensive player of the year. Like yeah. he came back for one of them. Uh, like Nate Kading came back. Sure. So like okay. that whole class of Iowa Hawk. And I was a diehard Hawkeye fan. Brad Banks, every game right? Wasn't that the quarterback? Oh yeah. Brad Banks awesome. came a bunch. Uh, Robert Gallery came. Love yeah. that guy. I have great photos with Robert Gallery when I was a kid. And I was, I would go up to like his kneecap <laughs> and he's just full size. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah. But um I so the thing that I didn't get signed. So like they'd always have jerseys and auctions and stuff like that. And my dad would always like like he got me a Nate Kading jersey, which was really fun. Uh, he stuck me like a Dallas Clark football. Um, the one that I never got, I sent a helmet to the Colts facility for Bob Sanders and Dallas Clark with return postage. And I never got it back like a full big helmet. My dad got it. My parents got it for me for my birthday or something. Never got it back. And I was heartbroken. I still am heartbroken. And I've also, yeah, yeah. I'm just heartbroken about it. So that's tough. Wow. Still on. I was like, oh yeah, because the Bears and Colts were like when the Bears and the Colts played in the Super Bowl, like that was my dream because I love the Colts for all the Iowa guys they had, and I love the Bears because I grew up a Bears fan. So like that was like my dream Super Bowl. See what's going to happen, and I think this is a happy ending. The story is going to go out, and the oh, Colts are going to hear I about took it. Full intent, full and intention. Sanders and Clark are going to hear about, it, and we're going to get little George Kittle that helmet. I promise, we're going to do it. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait. Like to, that has been something. I like. I still think about that. Like that's the image in my head when a kid asks me for an autograph. I'm like. I'm not going to let this kid think about me in 20 years. <laughs> George, two questions left. You're a four two out of eight. Up. You're tied with Bill Simmons. Well, let's get these two so we can do. Question number nine. Your category is entrance music. All right. Entrance that is music, entrance oh, music from professional wrestling. Now, here's this where it gets dicey, George. I'm going to leave it up to you. I have chosen three professional wrestlers entrance music that I'm going to play for you. And you have to identify it for the point. But I leave it to you. I have chosen one I, I, de- I denote as easy. One is medium and one is hard. No judgment here. Do you want the easy, medium, or hard? They're all worth the same points. Wait, can I do all three for three points? You cannot do that. I respect the hustle. Absolutely not. Oh, yeah. I want the easy way. All right. Here we go. Easier, not harder. All right, George. Um, I better not mess this up. Yeah, this... You have to know this one. I I, I really do think you'll know I this. hope so, dude. All right. I, I know, that'd said, be embarrassing I'm bad, for I'm, bad, I'm bad with stuff before, like, 2010. This is going to be tough. All right. Let's find out. Um, let's play George, the one I denote. <laughs> 2010. That was like 20 minutes ago. All right. Let's Dude, do, I'm telling you. Let's play the one I think is easy. Break it down. Triple X. I mean, Triple H. Sorry, Triple X. Triple H. No. Wait. Yeah, I don't know how it wouldn't. Wrestling Twitter is screaming. I I can't I can't I can't accept Triple H because it's kind of an offshoot 
of Triple H. Did the Generation X? That's it. You got it. Oh yeah. Yes. yeah. Hey, oh yeah. Sorry. Woo. I thought he. Had, I thought he had the same one. That's okay. my bad. I thought he had the same one as them. But yeah, no. The Generation yeah. DX. You yeah, got yeah. it. Thank God. George, I was gonna feel like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it. Oh yeah. No. 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 That's why. No. I, I was like, huh? Well, at first I was like, right. Uh, I was just listening to the lyrics a little bit, but yeah, no, I know. I was triple H right away. I knew that. Triple H, HBK, Generation X. There's a subspecies of wrestling fan who just are obsessed with entrance music. I, I, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm the same way, George, let me bring it back to football before you finish, finish the question 10. Uh, I'm going to okay. say, I'm going to say an NFL player and you say what professional wrestler you think they would be. Just what comes to mind. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Give me um, one sec. I was going to suggest um, Nature Boy. You know, kind of the greatest. Won a lot of titles. Everybody thinks he's cool. Am I in the right direction there? You're better at this than me. I mean, I, like, I was like, I, I was thinking Ric Flair, John Cena. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he's also like, he's also an incredible human being. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you go either way for that. I don't Flair know. I think, uh, I think, I think Ric Flair is a little more of outgoing than Tom. <laughs> potentially, I don't know. I don't know, Mister Brady. You know, I don't know Tom, but the Rick, the stories I've heard in his documentary, I think he's a little different. <laughs> I think so too. What about all right? A little different. What about what wrestler is Aaron Rodgers? Oh, lot going on. Um, there. there is a lot going on there. The suave. Hmm. Mm. I kind of want to say he's like HBK. I really do. Okay. Yeah. I'll give him HBK. I was thinking uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, very Ooh. talented. Um, kind of done all the jobs. He goes to the beat of his own drummer yeah, a little that's bit. That's a good one. You know? I liked it. You just made the list. <laughs> that's still one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite gimmicks I've Fantastic. seen. Fantastic. Let's do one more. <laughs> this one applies yeah, okay. to you this year. J.J. Watt. New to the NFC West. What wrestler? JJ Watt. Yes. What wrestler? Um, I mean, I, I mean that's JJ's John Cena. I yeah, yeah, that's better than Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, he, so. he's yeah, he's John Cena. You can't not be. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. Right down to the jean shorts, almost. JJ Watt, John so, Cena coming to the NFC West. I picture I picture John Cena rapping, and then I remember the Hard Knocks episode with. JJ Watt rapping, sitting on a tire. It's, it's, dude, I'm picturing there. <laughs> it's like it's the same it's the exact same thing. There's nothing wrong with it. I loved absolutely every second of it because I would have thought it was really cool too. So, how are you going to block that guy this year? You might have to block that guy. A cut block. <laughs> There's techniques. Be gone. <laughs> There's techniques. Welcome to the NFC. <laughs> is this is this now real football coming over from the AFC? Like, is that the way it works? I mean, this is going to get plastered, but they, like the NFC West is the toughest division in my opinion. Like you got, well, look what I get, what every single team does every single year to try to bring guys to the NFC West. You have to. The high competition from, you know, Russell Wilson, DK, Metcalf, and their defense, you know, and um, the Cardinals, they look pretty good on offense. You can't lie there. And then you got J.J., I mean, Chandler Jones, I still think is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. That dude's an absolute monster. You guys try to block him. He has go-go gadget extender arms. That's really annoying. Um, and then uh, the Rams sprouted Stafford, and he's pretty good. Uh, they got Aaron Donald, who's pretty good. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's the toughest division of football, but I'm not ever really worried about it because I got Nick Bosa and I'm good on that. And I got a coach Shanahan who's a, I would say is a pretty good genius. So I'm, I'm pretty set. You know, there's people down in Florida right now, George, who think, uh, the Buccaneers look pretty tough in that Super Bowl. Oh, hundred percent. I don't know. I'm not saying best team. I'm just saying, I think the NFC West is best division. You know, obviously you got to play and you got to win to prove that you're the best team. And we didn't do that last year. So I can't even come close to saying that I understand that, but I'm confident in my team. And when we're healthy, very confident in us. Look for George this fall, cutting John Cena and the NFC West. Cause there are ways, as he says, and there are ways to finish, which is question 10. Here we go, George. Last question of the day. You are five out of nine. You are tied with Pat McAfee with a five. You Wait. can beat him here. One more. I'm going to actually, I'm going to RKO JJ because I'm the Viper. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. He's last question is always an essay, meaning I'm going to give you a topic and you have the floor, 30 seconds, minute, whatever you want to explain your thoughts on it. And if I find your essay compelling, I will give you the point, which will give you a six out of 10. If I don't, I'm over it. You don't get the point. Here you go. Wait, so this is like like what I've been doing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Lobbying, begging, needling. You're used to this, George. Here you go. I am. Your essay. I want you to explain to me why. San Francisco 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is the hottest male athlete on the planet. Okay. Wow. All right. I can roll with this. Why is Jimmy G the hottest male athlete yeah. on the planet? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when you first look at Jimmy, um, really it's crazy because even though he's wearing a helmet, the chin strap doesn't hide the chin line. Like it's still there and it is striking and it kind of, you know, when you see it, you kind of like startle and it kind of gets you on your toes and you kind of, I don't know if you get like an anxiety, you're like, Whoa, like, Whoa, I'm taking a, what is that? And then you get to know him and then you see his, you see his hair and it's always very nice. It's very pretty. And it always looks good. He's got that nice, he has that nice olive oil skin <laughs> and it's, it's hot. I will tell you that. And then really, I think what the hottest thing about Jimmy besides yeah. the chin line, um, I will say this when he first got to the Niners, my rookie year, and he went under center and gave his snap count. <sighs> the whole team was just like, Whoa, really? What about it? It's, it's, um, there's just a lot to it, man. Like it's, it's, it kind of just, you, this, like you feel it in your soul and I ain't gonna lie. Like it is not, it's not even, I'm not even pretending on that one. He's got such a fantastic. What does it sound like? I can't do it. No, I'm not a quarterback. You know, last, I, last time I gave a cadence was ninth grade (laughs) JV team, baby option team quarterback. What's up? So baritone, Uh, it's like this baritone deep voice, or is it just like, uh, sexy or it's, shrill it's what is deeper it? it's no like makes you feel like you have an opportunity to win the play and i think that goes a long way kind of inspires you not gonna lie and you know i will also say this um he is my locker buddy so i mean i could say more things but i think this show is pg-13 so i'm just gonna leave it there disagree drop trial what are we dealing with here come on let's get it we want this point kittle talented man oh i will also say she's got fantastic fantastic um uh what was that what's wrong he always knows how to like prepare and he always knows how to look good for everything. Like you won't catch Jimmy G not looking good. He's very, very talented at that. And he's like, well, yeah, he goes, why would I want people to look at me and be like, Oh, that's how that guy dresses. He's, he's good at that. 
That's a beautiful description. I would have taken the hardcore stuff, but you had me at you still see his jawline even with the chin strap on. And George Kittle, you get the damn point. That's it. You finish with a beautiful six out of ten, and you have finished the ten questions. How do you feel, George? I'll take six. Um, I feel I'm very proud of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have better effort out there. Uh, I'm really disappointed in the the salted pork one, but <laughs> the fact that I have something in common with Aaron Rodgers now, other than being friends with big Bob Tunyon, um, I'm pretty confident in that. And, uh, I feel, I feel very good about that. So, uh, you know, I'm confident in what I did today and I think I can do better given another opportunity. So I'm looking forward to season two and I'll do more research for you. And I might also bring 10 questions of myself. Okay. I love it. You. you just tied Rogers, like you said, and Gronkowski, George, before you go, everybody does it. You have to do a call out, which is you think of a, a public figure of uh, some stature who you think might want to come in and take you out and outdo your six out of 10. Who should come on to 10 questions and compete? Who do you think? Oh, I like a lot that. of good ones. I like that a whole bunch. Um, who comes to mind? Wait, how many tight ends do you have? Just you and Gronk, but we've gone back to back. It looks like so just just two, I think. So if you think like, you know, there's a lot of excellent tight ends out there. One of the ones that people try to make you a rival with has never come on the show, but I, it's your pick. Yeah, it's right on the tip of my tongue. The mm, yeah, yeah. Come on, Trav. Come on out here, baby. Have some fun with us. Have some can, fun with can, us. Can Travis beat your six out of ten? Can he? Yeah. Well, if he, you know, if he has more help than I did, maybe. <laughs> um, if you give him some softball questions like you didn't give me, maybe. <laughs> but no, he won't. Yes, the softballs. I asked George about Lord of the Rings, Hogwarts, and dads. And the best we could do Dude, with a dog and a hard. sister and a lifeline and a mother was a 6 out of 10. It takes a village. What, what, what place was that? I was like tied for what, third or fourth? You're right in the middle of the pack. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I just, look, I didn't want to be too good where people couldn't do better than me. Like when people <laughs> win, they're like, oh, I beat George. I'm like, yeah, hey, congratulations. Yeah, that's Get that insufferable Alex Smith, the NFL's comeback player of the year with a nine out of 10. Nobody likes him, but everybody likes Kittle. Oh, screw it. Screw, screw that him. guy. Total, uh, known league wide as one of the great football jerks, Alex Smith. <laughs> but George, <laughs> uh, you were incredible. Thank you. We covered a lot of ground. I know that you wanted a better score, but we learned the biggest thing about you is I mean this. You are relentlessly positive and optimistic, and I know you feel like you're living a fairy tale. I was glad to be part of it for 10 Questions, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Kellen. Uh, really just thank you for being friends with my mom because she's very proud of that. Of course. Jack had an incredible, incredible woman. Big <laughs> Beatles fan, as it turns out. So the entire Kittle family, we will see you next time on 10 Questions. Take it easy, George. Ten Questions with Kyle Brandt is a co-production by Spotify and The Ringer. The show is produced by Richie Bozek, Jason Gallagher, Noah Malale, Steve Allman, Jackson Safan, and Arjuna Ramgopal. Our theme song is by Matt Schiltz and Bobby Lord. Additional sound design by Bobby Lord. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom 
in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.